Good afternoon and welcome to the Channel Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Chad Moyer filling in for Susan Littlefield here today. Joining us on the program is Sue Martin. She is with Ag and Investments in Clarion, Iowa. Sue, thanks for joining us on today's program. Let's just get to your thoughts on the market in general. Uh, oh, quickly run down the uh, uh, final trade numbers here. Looks like uh, corn was up just uh, slightly, uh, maybe a penny or two. Soybeans uh, looks like three to five higher catches most of the contracts uh wheat though ended in the re- uh, in the red kansas city was down uh four to seven by the looks of things here uh just your thoughts in general what was the feeling of the market here today well i think that um you know the bean market is um we caught some pretty hard selling to start the month off and the new year and you know the bearish sentiment by the funds index funds are trying to gravitate towards going short on beans which we don't really like hearing that but i think the problem is is that um you know our midday forecast for the gfs model was still in that wet mode for northern brazil and of course uh i would say that um that forecast along with the european continues to be pretty wet into about january 18th so that is, uh, you know, expected to maybe keep some pressure on these markets. It'll, it'll affect coffee and, of course, soybeans and, um, and corn, maybe. But more than anything, um, when we look at, I looked at some maps here just a little while ago, and it was interesting in Mato Grosso and Gias, it was interesting that there were some pretty nice rains in both states. But there was quite a few areas that just got a pittance of rain. So it's like, yes, there's rains moving through. Are they very general? I'm not sure they really are. But, uh, you know, with this forecast that we're staring at, that's going to keep us, I think, on the defensive overall. However, the market gapped down pretty hard yesterday. And I think this market's going to make, in the next day or so, make a concerted effort to try to push to see if it can get up in towards that 1290 area and see if it can start into that gap. But um, we also note that China is, the government is uh, offering uh, the ability to issue 24s, uh, 2024s TRQ import grain licenses. And of course, those are going to be uh, new private Chinese demand that can be found in this market. If we start to see U.S. values fall back, they'll probably be there. I thought it was interesting. On Tuesday, we also noted that China was a seller of puts in the market on beans. And yet, what are they doing? They're taking delivery of beans and their um, warehouse number or uh, number for deliveries taking location is 1705. And so they've been taking, I haven't seen today's yet, but they've been taking the delivery of beans. And I think that China, while the crushing margins have weakened because of liquidation of hogs and what have you, and maybe less soy meal being used in the um, uh, rations, I think China's trying to build reserves. And um, it may be that we see them become 
even more adamant about building reserves. They're importing more oil, crude oil, and energy. So I think China's a country that this year is going to become even more. They've always been important. But this year, I think they're going to be more important because, remember, they went out, came out of their three-year lockdown in early of 23. And it takes time to get people geared back, going back to work. It takes time to get the economy really rolling. And their stock market has dropped 60%. So they're starting to see some interest by foreign investments. And I think we'll see that economy as we get through the middle of this year. I think China's going to be back, coming back more um, aggressive. But the other thing is, I've, it's always been my uh, opinion that we would see countries start going back to the old days of holding reserves of food, wheat, corn, what have you. And I still believe that. And Pakistan recently has talked about how they have X amount of uh, supply of wheat on hand. And yet flour prices, pasta prices, and wheat prices are high in Pakistan. And they're an avid importer. I think they're building reserves, too. Uh, Sue, what do you make of the crush numbers from yesterday? Soybeans and corn were down just a little bit from uh, from October for November, but still 200 million bushels for soybeans, 505 million bushels on corn. What do you make of those numbers quickly? I think they're good. I continue to believe that we're going to see that kind of um, uh, demand. I think they were very good. And, you know, I look at... Um, on the um, crush numbers for beans, and goodness, we it just shows we continue to have a very, very good demand uh, for our products, and I can't see that changing because we're going forward in time. What I see is, um, you know, these plants that are coming online, they're going to need uh, beans to be able to crush, and they're going to need that. Brazil is going to be need be watched because if they're having this problem with their beans, well, that means then some of that product, the oil content, isn't going to be as good. And in the meantime, their oil tends to be of a reddish tone anyway, which China actually doesn't really prefer. But uh, so I think it's very important that our crush is remaining as good as it is. Sue Martin with Ag and Investments, Clarion, Iowa. We'll come back with the second half of the program, Talk Livestock. That's coming up next here on the Rural Radio Network. It is the channel final bell. Welcome back to the channel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Chad Moyer. As we continue our conversation with Sue Martin at Ag and Investments in Clarion, Iowa. Uh, Sue, we did a good job covering the grains in the last segment. Let's switch over to livestock. Just quickly, a much more mixed affair by the looks of it. Uh, live cattle, feeder cattle, hogs, all, I would call it, narrowly mixed. Uh, back and forth, uh, just a, a little off of unchanged. Uh, big moves yesterday. Again, not so much much of a move in in today's livestock markets huh well the cattle really quieted down today and hogs faintly lower just didn't do, do much but i do think when i look at the cattle market i'm looking at a market that looks like it's getting itself a little overbought but i think that when i look at feeders this market it could get up around 233 um 
even more so, I would probably be inclined to think that when I look at the cattle market, you know, the feeders, um, after now that we've moved past the turn of the year, um, you know, the moisture that we see in the Great Plains, that could be a big uh, change for us in as far as the conditions of pastures and wheat pasture. And we won't know that until we get closer towards March. But I think if that occurs, if we catch this moisture, uh, that's going to start to help us. And, of course, then maybe give some incentive to hold back heifers for breeding purposes. But, you know, we have a an inventory report coming out here at the last day of January. And I think that would have to be, I think, friendly in the way of numbers for feeders and fats and should be a a bullish number but um when i look at this market i again i just have to say uh we're looking at a a market that is sensitive is it is it totally done here i'm not sure that it is um i would have to say if i look at this market i would think that we could possibly see February cattle rally up towards 177.50 and the March feeders rally back to about 236.70. It's all how you get there. But if we were to get up into those areas, I think I'd have to recommend producers be taking some put for protection because those price targets are going to have some issues, uh, I think, for resistance if we get the market up there. Yeah, uh, you mentioned that uh, semi-annual uh, cattle inventory report here at the end of the month. Um, uh, just kind of some thoughts on that. What should we be watching with that? And and maybe bring into context the last few cattle on feed reports. If I remember correctly, placements have been just a little bit higher than anticipated. Is there something? And of course, we have one more cattle on feed report before that uh, inventory report as well. But what are the keys for that report at the end of the month? Well, I think first off. If we look at the cattle uh, placements, I think one thing that's helped that has been the dryness in the pastures. And so we've had a continual shipment of uh, lighter weight animals coming in and then sitting in the feedlots longer than they probably should be and making carcasses heavier. And I think that is what's weighed on that market and hurt us because of the fact that the prices were so high, but you had cattle backing up in the feedlots and then putting on all that extra tonnage. So in essence, it was kind of working against us a little bit as far as um, when we seen the placement numbers higher than what traders were thinking. It didn't matter. We were still maybe, I think going forward, we're not going to be as heavy now from here on out. And then if we start to catch the moisture in uh, cattle country, in a lot of these areas where you have pasture and you have um, wheat pasture, now you're going to start to see uh, those green up and become nicer, and that's going to create sentiment come towards spring that maybe we hold back some heifers and breed them to be able to have a cow-calf man have animals out on the pastures again. Yep. All right. Uh, Sue, we're halfway through the trading week already. We have two more trading days uh, tomorrow and Friday, of course. But uh, I guess uh, from your mind, what are the keys for the uh, grain and livestock trade both uh, for the rest of the week? What should we be watching for here? Well, if you're looking at grain, on especially on uh, corn and soybeans, it's all about the South American weather right now and the amount of willingness by farmers to move some grain. Keep in mind, the U.S. farmer holds the largest amount of cash grain right now, especially in corn 
the Brazilian farmer, same way. And you have the trader in Chicago. Well, what are they remembering? They're remembering how the U.S. crop was better than expected. In Brazil, it's the, it's the opposite. They have the high temperatures. They've had triple digits. They're even finding in the coffee trees that the cherries have aborted in some of them or the foliage isn't as good. And it's because of those high temperatures that the trees have dealt with. Well, the soybean plants are the same way. And I think they're going to find, even in some areas where there's been some moisture, those temperatures still created an issue. Sue Martin at Ag and Investment at Clarion, Iowa. Contact her at 515-832-6140. And of course, remember, trading of commodity futures does involve substantial risk of loss. It might not be suitable for all investors. That is today's Channel Final Bell. It's brought to you by Channel and your local dealers. Here on the Rural Radio Network, Chad Moyer reporting.